1: Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are talking now, moving the page, talking about the next team on the schedule, the Detroit Lions. We have a great guest coming up in just a little bit who gives you all the details you will need about the Lions. Before we do so, we talk about what went on at Berea during the day. It is a long injury list again with guys not practicing, including Miles Garrett, A.J. Green, uh, including Blake Hans. Sorry, Blake Hans did practice. It was Troy Hill with the neck, Malik Jackson with the knee. Jarvis Landry with the knee, Baker Mayfield with the left shoulder, now foot knee. He's a part of the rail, rare triple designation tied with Jadevian Clowney's wrist-ankle knee. Uh, he did not practice today. Anthony Schwartz, a concussion. Uh, the concussions for Green and Schwartz, I did not expect them to play in this game. And if you saw Donovan Peoples-Jones pulled up with an injury today, too. So you start to really worry about the wide receiver group because of Jarvis's knee situation and him being so up and down, being able to play. Other guys who were limited, J.C. Treder, limited with his typical knee designation. Peoples-Jones was already limited with the groin. Tack McKinley with the groin, and also limited was Clowney with that wrist, ankle, knee. Miles Garrett didn't practice because of personal reasons. I don't know what's up with that. Seems kind of strange. Maybe it's a Veterans Day off or something. Otherwise, I don't know. Blake Hans has uh, listed as a thumb. Uh, he was a full practice participant, and Greedy Williams with the shoulder was a full practice participant. On the Lions side... DMPs from Trey Flowers, Jared Goff, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit with our guest. He did not practice with the oblique. Uh, Jamar Jefferson with the knee and ankle, the running back, and then their tackle. Um, Nelson with the ankle injury, and then they had some others who were limited, including Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, and that's about it. So <clears throat> it's not unexpected stuff on the injury front, but you know, it seems like Baker, who had a chance to talk with the media talking about how he's more beat up than he's really ever been. It's been tough in terms of the injuries, Uh, admitting, like I said, that he's not really been this beat up before. And Kevin Stefanski touched on it too. And uh, Baker originally says, probably the most beat up I've been in my career. It's not like one particular thing. It's multiple things, as we just said. Kevin Stefanski said that you have to take it day by day with anything like this, but he's confident he'll play. We always talk with the medical group, make sure that whatever we're doing, we're making decisions in the best interest of the player. We'll never put a player out there who's not ready to play. But if he's ready to go, he'll play on Sunday. So Baker, I don't know, kind of to the point of the injury issues this year, you know, he's talked about his knee. He said, on the field, Dr. Vuce checked it out. Nothing structural. Had the x-ray after the game. Nothing structural with the bones or anything like that. So caught the nerve on the outside of my leg, made it go numb. So the outside of my knee is sore and tender. But that numbness... Where you can feel your leg is pretty... You can't feel your leg is pretty scary. Hadn't had that happen before, but it's another new thing for me. So, tons of injuries, man. But like he said, the general crux of the season-long issues is that nobody cares. It's been tough, but I don't think anybody gives a damn. There's no reason to get into those details about this season. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to feel bad for us, so it is what it is. It's all right. And again... You talk about the play of the quarterback. If he's out there playing, he has to produce. And if he's not able to do that, he should have enough self-awareness to to, pull himself out. So that's it. I leave it there. I left a ton of Baker comments on the pod yesterday. I talked for 30 minutes about him. He's playing, and if he's out there playing, he has to help the team, not hurt the team. And if he's hurting the team, then there needs to be two adults who sit down and talk about the why— behind his hurting the team and if that is due to the injuries then let's make a grown-up decision to not play and get healthy or call it a season from that regard so that's where we'll leave it otherwise joe woods talked for a little bit about not panicking i'm telling you what if it's a defense and i was involved with it i would start panicking you better start playing better you have seven weeks to show that you're better than some of these performances you've put on the field there better be some panic. There better be some different things you're trying to do. The Lions don't bring a potent offense into Cleveland, but they will get points through the run game if they can scheme you up like New England put on tape last week. So you better be afraid, and there better be some appropriate fear of what's coming into Cleveland after what the Lions did on the ground in Pittsburgh just last week. Okay? Okay. So there's also talk about getting Jarvis Landry more involved. They're going to have to with a Schwartz concussion and the groin of Donovan Peoples-Jones being funky today. We'll have to pay attention to whether he practices tomorrow, but clearly a pretty funky groin situation that might end up, if it doesn't start to heal up, eventually impact his his availability in a game. So Rashard Higgins is going to have to play and, We'll see. I don't know. It'll clear up by the end of the week, but that's what's going on in Berea today. Nothing other things of note. Nick Chubb's still on the COVID-19 list, probably going to come off, but is still there right now. Stefanski ruled out Kareem Hunt for this Sunday. Maybe get him back for the next game against uh, against the Ravens, that that 2 two times in 3 weeks stretch would be nice to have Kareem. We'll see if they get him back then, but he's already been ruled out for this week. Otherwise, that's all from Berea today. We'll have more, talk about the defense, talk about Joe Woods, uh, maybe some quotes coming out tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Get some more player insights tomorrow. That'll be important uh, to track sort of all of this, uh, the conversations, because there are some weird quotes from players about coaching situations and coaching decisions, and with that, you always perk up a little bit about some of those things. Anyway, we're going to get to our guest, which is Russell Brown. He's at Russ NFL Draft. He's a national scout for cover one.net but he's a big Lions guy. And I wanted to have him on to talk about his team because he's got great insights. And I think this is a really good one. So let's get over to that interview with Russell right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Detroit Lions, come into Cleveland. I'll actually be there, which is the first game I've been to in a okay. significant amount of time. So, Russell, welcome in. Russell Brown, I, I appreciate you taking some time for the listeners of this podcast to teach us about what's going on in Detroit. And listen, after what the Browns laid last weekend, we need some reprie- reprieve from discussion about the Browns and to talk about something else. So let's talk about the Lions. How are you, man? I am good, man. Uh, as good as I can be with an o eight one. 8 one a football team
2: um, 08 08 and 1 um, a, a tough a tough game against Pittsburgh that they played this past week uh, I, I was just happy that it ended I I was just it, the game was so bad but uh, no I'm, I'm doing well man I'm doing well how are you
1: we're hanging in hanging in weather's turning dark uh, dark earlier you know how it is seasonal stuff kicks in oh but, yeah but we still have seven weeks of football and like you said we have to talk about two teams that I bet the fan bases are tired of talking about them at this point because it's uh <laughs> it's been it's been less than expectations would have would have liked to have played out but let's talk about your lines they're 08 and 1 this is a you're traveling down a road I am familiar with the listeners of this podcast are familiar with and that 08 uh you know the 08 season start the Browns went through it obviously in both 2017 sorry 2016 and 2017 going 1 and 15 then 0 and 16 the only silver lining, Russell, was that we had a, this big picture plan that was sold to everybody. that They're going to accumulate draft picks, stock up, and use those draft picks to draft the important positions to change the culture of the franchise. Now, we have seen that play out well. We've seen it lead to the playoffs. We've seen uh, much better personnel in Cleveland, no denying that. And uh, I'm curious if that is sort of, as an outsider, I don't follow the Lions closely like that. Is that what's being sold here? This is a ground-based rebuild? Or was there an expectation that this year they would still be competing and winning football games enough to be respectable, if that makes sense?
2: Well, they they certainly, you know, there's certain fans and, and even certain radio personnel out Radio personalities out there that uh, you know they they were drinking the Kool-Aid, thought we could win nine, ten games, and, and they were definitely wrong, obviously. But uh, I'm I'm okay with how they are. Um, watching Jared Goff is is absolutely brutal. I know we'll talk a little bit more about him, but right now, I mean, they're projected to have five picks in the top 100 of uh, the 2022 NFL draft, which is obviously my avenue, and I'm all for. And I'm I'm just hoping that they can put the right pieces, um, for the next, you know, two, three years, um, when they can really start winning football games. So, I mean, I don't think the expectations were really high. We knew we had a bad roster. There was a lot of turnover. They, I mean, they've got almost, almost $60 million in dead cap money, um, right now on the books of just, you know, Matthew Stafford's contract and, and other guys that they've gotten rid of over the last, uh, season or so. So, um, I think really the, the only true original, uh, from the, the previous regime and Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia of, uh, of guys that they, you know, signed in free agency, uh, was Trey flowers. And then really the last guy that they drafted, um, was Taylor Decker, who was from, uh, you know, way before, I think that was Bob Quinn's first pick, um, as a general manager here. And other than that, you know, there's a couple guys like Austin Bryant, Tracy Walker, other than that, I mean, every single person is uh pretty much brand new. So they're one of the youngest teams in the national football league. And, um, you know, they're not playing very well. We all know that. And I, I've, I've experienced Owen 16 before it got us Matthew Stafford and we're seeing what it's like without him. They're not winning football games. They didn't win a ton with them, but uh, it's been a brutal season, no doubt about it. I don't get super excited about NFL Sundays like I used to, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. And just give me the draft picks and give me that first pick.
1: What's well, kind of good, yeah, I, first of all, I forgot I forgot Detroit was the other 0 sixteen season, so that's like a ultimate slap of disrespect on my end to not remember that <laughs> you two have been through that misery um but you know yeah. also kind of good in and from from a business perspective for you because you do a great job covering the draft and you can talk draft, so you know maybe the team isn't doing well, but business might be booming over there for russell's uh corner of the of the of the lions market. Let's talk real quick before we get to the personnel where they might be looking to improve next year is is dan campbell first year coach i don't think any coach came in with a more divisive section of people that supported him and thought he was going to fall flat on his face now i know they're and eight, but there have been some signs of life they've been competing for the most part in some of these games which is very reminiscent of 2017 cleveland where they just kept losing these games they could have won and you're just like eventually they're going to crack through here but they never did and i'm not saying that's going to happen here with 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 detroit but i feel like dan campbell has this is going to seem weird. A little bit of exceeded some of people's expectations for him, although they're owning only- it. Am I wrong in that, or where where do you sit?
2: Well, I mean, I, I still, you know, I still very much like Dan Campbell. And I, I mean, I don't know what expectations everybody was putting him to. I mean, I, I think some people um, maybe put the bar a little bit too high here locally for him. But I, I love seeing all the support uh, from everybody that is, is showing a lot of support for him because Matt Patricia was getting kind of, you know, clowned on when, when he was here because he was a clown. Um, but overall, I mean, what I'm seeing from a just – a coaching perspective is that he, he has got these guys mentally where they need to be. Maybe the talent, there's a gap there from, from where they are aligning against the opposition every Sunday. But I mean, they could be a, a two win football team at least. I mean, and I'm not trying to sit here and puff my chest, but I mean, they lost to the Ravens by a record breaking field goal. They lost to the Vikings two weeks later by another long field goal. Um, you know, I think they played the Packers relatively well, at least in the first half. So there's there's glimpse and, and there's these moments where they look like a football team. And then there's just moments like when they played against the Eagles two weeks ago, uh, just so bad. And then you watch them against the Bengals so bad. You watch them uh, against the Steelers where they had opportunities to maybe put that game away and win it, and they didn't. And I think that's the thing that... Hurts me the most as a fan, and even just as a, as a as a as a guy that's coached at the youth level at the high school level here in Michigan is I want to do what's best for my team to win a football game, and I'm going to play the best 11 guys that I have. And Jared Goff was very clear, hurt in that game, and third and 12, they're just running the ball. Some teams obviously at times you'll run a halfback draw on third and 12. But against the Steelers, they were just constantly running the football. I want to say in the third quarter, they opened up that third quarter with eight or nine consecutive run plays before they even attempted a pass. If it wasn't for overtime, Jared Goff was going to finish with under, I think it was eighty or eighty passing yards in that game. So, I, I think Jared or I think Dan Campbell plays a little bit too much to his own personal pride, and I just wish he would make some changes on the fly rather than during a week of practice or whatever it is. I don't know if he wants to make these changes in kind of the, the limelight during the middle of a game, make the change from different quarterbacks, because then he kind of puts a target on himself. Maybe that's what he's trying to prevent, but um, no, I mean, overall he's, he's in a very tough spot. Like I said, he's got a very bad football roster in front of him. He's doing everything he can. And I believe he is coaching his tail off, but uh, overall, it's it's definitely it's been tough um with with everything that's going on with with this team so um i i like um i like dan campbell again i i think he can be the answer um i'm taking a really long route here on this answer but i i think he's he's going to need some time for sure to to put this roster in place I,
1: I yeah i at least think he's earned time i think he's gone about things the right way and he cares you mean yeah above all else, mm-hmm. sometimes people overlook the the impact of a coach caring, like really, truly caring about players and caring about the mission. yeah, and I don't think you can question that with Dan. And I think there's if they do the right things roster wise, they have a chance to build with him. And I did not know that I would say that this year. So that is encouraging to me, and I'm excited to sort of see where his career, his his trajectory with the Lions goes because I do think he has a clue. Unlike the last guy who was there who was living off reputation of others, I think he has a clue. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that for Detroit. Let's talk personnel. Jared Goff dealing with an oblique. Talk about how Goff has played. Probably been about what you've expected. And, um, you know, the Browns are dealing with some similar things in Cleveland. It's I'm just kind of curious, somebody who sees him get traded to Detroit, People may be hoping something more is there. It's clearly not there. And then tell us a little bit about, I think it's Tim Boyle who might be up in case he's injured, right?
2: Yeah, that that would be the guy that's next in line, Tim Boyle. um, He's been on IR for a little while. He's designated to return. Uh, It sounds like he had actually practiced today with some first uh, team snaps and everything else. And yeah, my, I mean, my, my expectations for Jared Goff weren't uh, really high. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to take us to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but when you look back at his his last Five games, he's thrown one touchdown pass. I mean, he is just not the quarterback that he started the year as. I mean, week one, he threw three touchdowns. He threw for over 300 yards against Chicago in a tough game. He, I mean, he threw for almost 300 yards and two scores. But you just look at what's gone on since. I mean, it's been pretty much all interceptions, check down throw after check down throw. He's getting sacked a lot more because he's holding on to the football a hell of a lot more than you would like him to. Um, and I, I mean, like there was a a moment uh, where he had Khalif Raymond wide open deep down the field. And I just, it was against Pittsburgh this past weekend and he had him wide open down the field. I mean, he beat him with a, a, you know, a quick little stutter step, got deep down the field, beat the corner. I can't remember who the corner was uh, that he beat, but if Stafford was playing and Stafford was the quarterback or maybe half the, half the quarterbacks in the league with a a little bit better arm strength, they would have hit that Khalif Raymond in stride and he probably would have scored a touchdown, but instead it was underthrown and, um, the pass was broken up and everything else. And it's just one of those things where I watched the film and I even have some clips saved on my computer here that I actually never put out on Twitter. Cause I was going to do audio stuff with them and I ended up not doing it, but, uh, he has so many opportunities where he could just throw it deep down the field and a a quarterback that has confidence in himself would be able to make those throws. And he's not, it's constantly checked down underneath. And it's, it's definitely concerning because they, you know, they don't have uh, necessarily the, the offense that, you know, is going to score a ton of points. So when you have an opportunity to air it out, it'd be great. But when you look at, you know, completed air yards per completion, um, it's the lowest in the NFL at 3.8 yards. Uh, when you look at intended air yards per attempt, they're the lowest at 5.9. The next closest team is Pittsburgh at 6.1 and they got a 41-year-old quarterback. So, I mean, it's it's just been very very poor and I just I know he doesn't have a lot to work with, but um you know, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Amonra St. Brown are are fine pieces to have and, and at least have some confidence in your ability, but the last five weeks it just looks like Jared Goff has none. So I don't expect him to play this weekend. I'll be completely honest. I I think we'll see Tim Boyle and for Browns fans, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but i I would take anything as a as a Lions fan right now, I'll take anything over Jared Goff playing quarterback for us.
1: It's tough to hear, man. It's tough to hear for for Jared Goff and (laughs) where his career yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Um well, you mentioned some of the receivers. Uh, I'll let you kind of riff on those guys in a minute, a little bit more about how they're playing. But uh, we got to talk running back. And now, listen, our lads is who I usually pull up to go through depth charts, and I'm not, you know, it's not the best, most reliable source out there. So I have folks like yourself on. But you know, DeAndre Swift, I love DeAndre Swift. I'll let you talk about him in a minute. But did Godwin Igubuke switch back to running back? Like he was. A funny little story. He was one of the best high school running backs I ever watched in Central Ohio, coached against him. And I was like, that dude is unbelievable in Pickerington, uh, one of the Pickerington schools. And when he went to Northwestern, I was like, he's going to play safety. I thought this guy was a game changing running back. So is he back playing running back? And then kind of, is he getting snaps over Jamar Jefferson and Jamal Williams? Like, cause he's listed as there too, which can't be right. Like I know. And two, like, I, I'm the king of multiple layered questions here, Russell. Um, Jeff Risden talked about on, on visiting our site this week for a Twitch show that you mentioned it just a minute ago, too, how much they ran the ball last week and brought in an extra lineman and were just running it like crazy. Like, is that the philosophy they're going with? They went for over 200 against Pittsburgh. I'm a little concerned for the Browns there.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think it's just more so they... Like I said, they they couldn't really get out of their own way with with passing the football because Jared Goff uh, is not airing the football out the way that you wanted him to. He's got the oblique injury right now, and again, I just don't think he's going to play. So they were trying to play it safe and and everything. But yeah, with Godwin, he's been playing uh, simply rotational minutes and and snaps like that. He hasn't been playing a ton. Um, He'll be in there sometimes on a third down and and doing those types of things, but um, you know, DeAndre Swift is obviously the lead back. He's got the shoulder injury right now. Um, He should play though, and Godwin, he just scored on a really nice uh, long run um, against Pittsburgh. I mean, he only had 56 total yards, but he did have a score. He will catch a couple passes, but he's been primarily used as a a kick returner, Um, so he plays a lot more special teams than anything else, and his Special team snaps were up uh, a big margin this past week at 26, so it was the most he had played special team wise all season long. So uh, Godwin will probably play a little bit more because Jamar Jefferson he scored a touchdown actually against Pittsburgh and then ended up hurting his knee ankle. Um, it's just more so lower body injury. It's not really clarified on exactly what it is, but um, yeah, I, I like Godwin. He moved back to running back. He's, he had a really nice preseason. It was cool to see him make the team and everything else. It seems like in years past, the Lions would find something like this and and end up letting a guy go. So it was nice to see him be a part of this. And I hope he gets used a little bit more. Like I said, his speed is is really nice to have and he can be a difference maker. So I'm really curious if Dan Campbell will start using him more. It seemed like Dan Campbell was a little bit more involved with the offense this past week. He said um, last week in a, in a presser that guys like Trinity Benson would be used a little bit more. Benson came out and I think caught two passes, but it it's it's not uh, it's not saying much, but I'm hoping Godwin's used a little bit more on third down. So I think really the the key is Jamal Williams. Will he play? He's dealing with the thigh injury. He was limited in practice today. I, I think we'll end up seeing him play, but it's it's always tough to say because you know you'll have one of those contact days in practice, and then a guy ends up uh, getting a little bit hurt. But yeah, Godwin will definitely be in the mix.
1: Interesting. Talk receivers real quick. I know it's it's not as deep as they would like, but but you know, Caderil Hodge is still around, and I think you guys claim Josh Reynolds too and Amon Ross. So, how's that group looking? And then and then after that, if you don't mind, dive into the O line, how they're playing collectively.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, um, the the receivers have been. Uh, it's been rough. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Quintez Cephas was going to be the guy that I think they were really heavily relying on. Um, he had 15 receptions through the three games that he started. He ended up breaking his collarbone done for the year. Um, Trinity Benson finally being used. He's up to eight receptions on a year. He's had eight, 18 targets, but uh, just truly not one of those guys that's getting used as much as you would like. Amonra St. Brown is the guy that is probably the, the most heavily targeted receiver with 31 receptions. Hasn't scored or anything like That. But they can use him, I think, truly in all three areas of the field. I think he can become a deep threat. I think he can certainly be used after the catch. I love how strong his lower body is. And I I think they really like him. So, the three best players they have offensively are Swift, Hawkinson, and St. Brown. Those are the three best weapons that they have. You would love to see Jamal Williams healthy. Again, I don't know if he'll necessarily play or not. Uh, you have to honor Khalif Raymond just because of his speed. But uh, again, they need a quarterback that can hit him in stride and, and be able to outrun any defender. But I would I would think that they're going to run the ball a little bit more, and that's where the offensive line comes into play. Uh, Taylor Decker had his first game back. I know some fans weren't necessarily pleased with it. I was okay with it. I mean, the guy came back A month earlier than expected. He had a hand surgery. He's got a bunch of screws in his hands, and he's not really able to even use one of his hands, and he's still out there playing football. And I know some fans don't like the idea of Taylor Decker moving to left tackle. They like the thought of Sewell staying there, and I'm fine with either or, as long as our quarterbacks are staying upright, and that's kind of the key. Sewell's been really good, I think, on the right tackle side um, when he he can play there. He didn't give up a single pressure or a sack. I thought he played very well against T.J. Watt last week before he got hurt. Um, Not having Frank Ragnow in the middle sucks, but uh, Evan Brown has played well in relief there. And then Jonah Jackson has has looked really good at the guard spot. Um, So, I mean, offensively, I mean, it's going to be hit or miss. I don't expect them to score a ton of points against Cleveland. I'm going to be completely honest with you. They might be able to sustain some drives with with the running game, but when you look at what they can do on third down, I mean, they only convert on 32 and percent of their third downs uh, this season, which is second worst in the NFL. Um, they do they do go for it on fourth down. I mean, they've they've uh, attempted 10 out of 23, so uh, or they've made 10 out of 23. So, I mean, they like to try to do different things, expect a couple of fake punts or fake field goals. They'll do what they can to to try to win a football game. But uh, ultimately, I I know Browns fans might be a little bit nervous about this one. I don't necessarily know why. I'd be licking my chops if I'm playing the Lions this week.
1: Well, the defense needs to get right effort. This is an opportunity to do it. But again, I mean, if you overlook anybody in the NFL, they're going to find a way to put points on the board. And I hope that Cleveland has been humbled enough to not let that happen again. But... There's some good pieces. There's some building pieces there, like you said. It's just not a collective unit yet. Um, Switch to defense. Aaron Glenn, the D.C., uh, talk to me about what the base is, what they like to do. Are they a more base? Are they more nickel? Are they, you know, whatever. Whatever they like to do, dime, you know better than anyone else. You're the expert here. So talk about Glenn's job, what they do as a traditional style, four three three four, whatever, and then how they typically like to deploy personnel.
2: Well, I mean, he—he's, I think, done again. I think he's done a, a pretty good job with with the players that he has. I mean, the, the expectation was that Trey Flowers was going to be this difference maker um, as far as an edge rusher and generating pressure and doing those types of things. And you know, to be completely honest, he just hasn't been. Um, you'll see multiple fronts though out of out of Aaron Glenn. He'll he'll have that hybrid front um, where you know you'll see three down linemen here, four down linemen there, and um, they they do like to run a little bit of nickel here and there, but their, their depth at cornerback is just so scarce. I mean, AJ Parker was an undrafted free agent that came on and, and played very well, but then he ended up getting hurt. Jerry Jacobs was another undrafted free agent that they had, and he played relatively well. And then obviously your first rounder and Jeff Okuda got hurt. So there's, there's some injuries in the secondary and they, they are beatable against the pass. They've done a decent job, I think against the run, but the, the biggest concern I have is just that they, again, they cannot generate pressure. They've only pressured the quarterback 50 58 times this year, which is the, the worst in the NFL, um, which is why I'm so excited about potentially having the first pick because you could potentially add a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, um, but I mean, there's just there's just a lot of inconsistency. The linebacker play is very hit or miss. Alex Anzalone, he, he's a grinder. He works hard. He does his best, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's just a limited athlete. Um, Derek Barnes, when he gets his opportunities to play, you see the flashes there. He was the kid that they took out of Purdue. I still like a lot, but again, just a young team. There's a lot of young guys defensively. I have listed a couple of other guys there, you know, the undrafted guys, Amanio, um, I think has played well for, for what he's the, the situation that he's been given. I mean, he's got three interceptions this year. Um, but you know, Jalen Reeves, Maven, another linebacker as well. I, I think was maybe somebody that we thought was going to get cut. Um, but he he's done well and he shows that ability to go sideline to sideline. But again. And overall, there's nothing really splashy about the defense. They're missing kind of that true piece that would be considered a threat, I think, defensively, somebody that you would have to honor. I do like the young guys that they drafted in Ali McNeil and, and Levi. Uh, but ultimately, again, I, I would love to see somebody like a Kayvon Thibodeau for this defense in the future uh, so you can really key against them.
1: Good stuff there, especially the whole structure of the defense. If they're... I mean, Cleveland's going to try to run the football on them. I think Nick will be back this week. They've already ruled out Kareem. Will they be able to handle what Cleveland will do running the football? And do they have enough faith in loading the box and trusting their corners and a safety or two to be able to handle Cleveland's passing approach? I I don't know real quick if you want to hit on a couple of their secondary pieces that will be integral in that, and, and if you think they have the run defense to shut Cleveland down.
2: Yeah, I don't think we'll see them load the box a ton. I mean, I I, I really don't. Um, I, I just – I think with this team – you 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 have to you have to honor the passing game. I mean, you even look at what Najee Harris did. He ran for over hundred yards, which was only the second time he's done that this year. Um, so regardless, Nick Chubb is just such a natural runner. I, I'm a football fan. I, I love Nick Chubb. I would love to see him back this week just because I enjoy watching good football and I enjoy watching good football players. I love watching him run the football. So I would be okay if he ran, ran all over my defense, if I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, but again, I, I don't see I don't see any anybody uh, defensively to to handle the offensive line, um, and that's really where it starts, right? I mean, you, you have uh, such a tremendous offensive line up front with guys like Wyatt Teller, um, Jedrick Wills, and and Jack Conklin, and and J.C. Treader, just so many talented guys up front with your offensive line that I, I think they will win that battle, create enough open lanes for for Nick Chubb and whoever's going to run the football. So um, I'm pumped to watch it. I again, I just don't think there's there's much of a threat. I think you'll see a lot of five, six man boxes at times, you'll see that seven man box, but uh, they will be, even if they put eight or nine guys in there, I, I trust that Donovan Peoples Jones, if he's playing, if he's healthy enough to play, I know he's been battling the groin, but if he plays, he'll beat somebody one-on-one Jarvis Landry could beat somebody one-on-one, even though he didn't practice today. But uh, no, I, I, I truly don't think the Lions defense is going to be much of a threat.
1: Talk to me real quick as we close, Russell. Again, thanks for all your time today, man. Talk about uh, yeah. what you think the outcome of this game will be, and if Detroit is, if they do find a path to victory, what does that path look like to you for this one?
2: Well, they'll, uh, you know, they'll have to pressure Baker. I mean, that's that's going to be the key. Baker's banged up. Is the mobility going to be a concern there? Will he be able to get out of the pocket, make any of those throws on the run? I know I mentioned, you know, defensively they they are the least uh the least successful team when they're pressuring the quarterback they're not getting a lot of you know sacks and things like that they only have 14 on the year if they can generate a couple of those and maybe get two or three turnovers out of it and as long as they don't turn the football over yeah maybe detroit can win it that way but again they have to keep i think cleveland under 21 points and i just don't know if they can do that um i i could see this game getting out of hand quickly i think you know cleveland's pissed off i don't know if i can actually say that on this podcast so if you need to edit that very cuss
1: friendly very cuss friendly out
2: oh okay my apologies but you know after last week's game against new england i think that they're going to come back and they're they're just going to punch detroit in the mouth here and get ready for a a big game against the ravens on sunday night um so I, i personally i think we could see this being you know 31 to maybe 31 to 10 or something like that i I think it truly could be that type of game and i think really cleveland's key is just keeping baker healthy enough for for the game against baltimore but really uh for the rest of the season
1: russell tell everybody real quick where they can find all your content the rest of the year and as we turn the corner into draft season which is where you shine man I appreciate it, and I appreciate you bringing me on to talk about my uh, putrid football team.
2: I am looking forward to watching this. Don't get me wrong. I will root for the Browns um, as the season progresses just because uh, I would love to see a Super Bowl party in Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at RussNFLDraft. A lot of draft stuff. I break down some NFL stuff here and there, but a lot of draft stuff, senior bowl stuff's coming out. So uh, it's an exciting time for football.
1: Good stuff, man. Appreciate you again, Russ. And I know the fans of this podcast, as you taught them about, a good amount about the Lions, appreciate it too.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: Thanks for joining today's episode, learning about the Lions and spending time with Russell and myself. I appreciate you guys. It's, at this point, healthy to turn the page and hope the Browns can get to 6-5, and five, one week at a time. We all kind of suffer through the early portions of last week together and I know it can be divisive and I know you might not have loved my podcast if you're a gigantic Baker Mayfield supporter uh, through the thick and thin and listen I want nothing more for Baker Mayfield than to find success but I also owe it to you guys to have a level of honesty about what my stomach is telling me about a player about what my impression is about where I think they're going nobody was on Baker before I was I did not see a single soul talking about why that guy shouldn't be a top pick in the draft I was early I believed in him I pounded the table for him I wanted him they drafted him. His 2018 felt like it validated my belief in him. And it uh, has been tough for me to accept the things that I overlooked. And I'm I'm trying to somewhat rectify that and help with expectations for where he is going while also understanding that the Browns, uh, the options that, that could be out there might not be that great either. But all I can do for now is evaluate mayfield tell you what he is what he isn't where he's going and where he's not and i'm trying to do that for you guys and hopefully that level of honesty to which again it's okay if you don't agree with me i'm just going to pass along what i see and uh, i wouldn't lo- I, but again i would love nothing more for him to turn into an elite top five quarterback in the nfl would give me an immense amount of pleasure seeing as how much time i invested into to scouting him watching him time in cleveland all the film rooms all the write-ups it's like that that that's stuff i throw away i just get rid of all of that history there i don't want that so hopefully he can rectify it and what will be these final seven games and the ending of his rookie deal in 2022 we'll see thanks for joining today and again a an appreciation to russell for taking time to give us insights on the lions we'll be back tomorrow with john colosimo to talk about around the nfl as we always do and give you some afc notes Uh, sorry AFC North notes and then also uh, tie in how the Browns from our perspective beat these Detroit Lions so have a great Thursday appreciate your guys support it means the world to me and go Browns